You're listening to the Typical Trends Podcast, where we talk about all things mental health, body image, inclusivity, and making conversations around these topics more typical to have. Well, Kayla, welcome to the Typical Trends Podcast. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> I was literally just saying to her how I literally feel like I'm with a celebrity. Um, <laughs> I just, I can't even believe that those words came out of your mouth, to be honest. I feel like, I don't know exactly when you started to get like super popular with like your Instagram page and everything, but I feel like over the past like two years, I've been like consistent like following like... Yeah. The progression of like it was like the cut to the bulk and then the oh cut gosh. to the bulk and like yes. that whole progress and then like I literally was there when you and Dylan moved in together. When <laughs> like, we came, yeah. <laughs> so um, for the people that don't know you, uh, just a little rundown on like who you are, what you do. All yeah, that kind of stuff. I'm Kayla. I am an online health and fitness coach. Um, actually, a teacher turned online health and fitness coach. Um, helping women just step into who they're meant to be and literally changing their lives. It is so freaking cool. Um, I live in Easton, Pennsylvania. For anyone who's like around that area, we love it. I live with my boyfriend and our two cats. Um, they are my entire life, the three of them. I feel like my when I like talk about myself, there's not much that comes up other yeah. than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just... I, I guess in terms of like my fitness journey, I, the last two years, you just summed up perfectly for me. So I don't even feel like I need to elaborate <laughs> on that because you just did it for me. Well, then, okay. So I'll ask you, you were a teacher before you went into all your fitness stuff. Yeah. How did you make the transition from going from that kind of career to what you're doing now? It's interesting because I didn't realize how much parallel there was between coaching and teaching until I started doing them both at the same time. And I'm like, wow, I, I talk about, I talk about very different things with my five-year-olds and my yeah. <laughs> 25 year olds. But you know, the, the concept is still the same. Like we're building confidence from a young age and we're building confidence as adults. Um, and I think transitioning into that was just like, one of those things that fell into my lap, um, Avery, our CEO, incredible. If you're listening to this, Ava, I love you. Um, she for what re- company? For Freely Fit Coaching. <laughs> you guys can look us up on Instagram. It's right here. Um, she reached out to me like randomly one day. We have been friends for probably five or six years on social media. Um, so Instagram friends, and she was like, "Hey, like, have you ever considered coaching?" And I was like, honestly, yeah, I'm in, I actually, I forget this all the time, which is so crazy because it was such a large part of my life. Um, I was in like a business program in order to start my own business. And I, yes. And I ended up, as I was doing it, I was like, I can't do this and teach at the same time. Like it's, it's too time consuming. I also realized I don't want my own business. So when she reached out, I was like, oh this is the perfect opportunity. So I ended up becoming a coach on her team and I've been there for two years now. And it was just as the, the more that I was doing it, the more I realized I love coaching and I love teaching a different group of people. Like I love teaching younger kids, but I really like my passion is in helping women. And it's just, it, that's that's yeah that's where it led me what know? is your like focus as far as like what you so you consider yourself a coach not a trainer yes so what do you like specialize in coaching people on everything I mean we I wouldn't call us mindset coaches I do think you need to be like fully certified in order to say that and by certified I mean just like I mean I did I do have my degree in psychology but Having a full background with psych and understanding like full behavior change, which I'm taking a course right now, and it's really cool. It's beneficial um, for anybody. Like I will really always say, is. like business and psych stuff is always going to help you. It 100 percent is. Um, I just lost what you just asked me. <laughs> what did I just ask you? <laughs> oh, what you what you specialize in? Like when you like as far oh, as your training? Oh, so really, I would say I I love in terms of like. Having clients come in, I specialize in advanced intermediate lifters, um, reverse dieting, bulking, cutting, all of that stuff is pretty general with all of our clients. Um, So again, like not necessarily mindset coaches, but like we're, we're looking at the individual as a whole. Mm -hmm. It's not just, Hey, come on in. Let me give you a training program. 
let me change your macros. It's, yeah. it's tell me about your life and like who you are as a human so I can better understand why you're not seeing progress and why you're not becoming the person that you want to be. And the women that come in, they, they leave entirely different people. And you guys just work with women? Yes. Okay. Just women. How did you kind of get into the whole, like, cause I know that we spoke about that. You guys kind of always went to the gym and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. How did you go from being just somebody who liked to go to the gym to then feeling like you could go and coach other people? That's a great question. I think after spending so much time, like ingesting content on TikTok and on Instagram. And I felt, I feel like I'm, I'm primarily like Mm self-taught. So being on those platforms and learning from people who are like bigger names in the industry. And I started to apply that to my own training. I like dabbled in training my friends and stuff. And I just always had people who were like, Hey, can you write me a program? Can you like do this for me? And their feedback was really what inspired me when they were like, Oh my God, I'm, you know, finally achieving my goal of losing weight or you've inspired me to work on my mental health and go to therapy, like things like that. I was Mm -hmm. like, I, I really want to take this further. I don't know when that moment was for me that was just like, the switch was flipped and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be a coach. But I think I just, I realized after building that TikTok platform and people being like, you really inspire me. I was like, I want to do this on a more intimate level. Like I want to get to know these people and help them. I love that. Like, it's something that like, you didn't really have that moment where I was like, oh, I should do this. It was just like, you kind of were drawn to it. Yeah. Because I feel like that comes across like so organically too. And like, again, like we spoke about it too, how you go on about how like, I'm just normal. I just do this and whatever. But like, (laughs) that's, but that's the, well, good. I'm glad I have somebody normal (laughs) next to me. But, um, I, uh, that's the part that I feel like makes you kind of stand out. And like, we'll talk about, you know, the like social media side of all the fitness kind of stuff. But it's something that I feel like really resonates really well with you because you can see that like, yes, you are just a typical person who just works out and stuff, but you have this approach to it that makes people want to learn from you because you've found such a good relationship between not being so involved in the gym that like you can't have balance with yeah. the regular life Yeah, and you share so much about the gym, but also you're right. Like you see that like you're a real person because you don't spend You don't wake up and spend mm-hmm. every waking second in the gym and sleep at the gym. And that's been the, the biggest transition mm-hmm. is I used to be that person that was like my entire life revolved around the gym and yeah. when I would train and what I would eat. And like, if I, if I couldn't do those things, it was disrupting my entire yeah. life. And now I am at the point where I'm like, okay, I didn't make it to the gym today. It's fine. I still move my body. I still got outside for a walk. I still yeah. play with my cats. I still spend time with loved ones. Like there are so many things that are more important than whether or not you went to the gym that day and mm-hmm. counted your calories. And like that, that is what we instill in our clients too. It's like having a day or two off. And this is dependent upon goals too, right? Yeah. Like we're not, we don't have bodybuilders coming into our program. Mm-hmm. These are not people who are prepping for a show and do need to have a, a high level of discipline in terms of those things these are people who just they're normal and they want to live their daily life and they want to just become healthier better versions of themselves you know so what would you say like your relationship with the gym like started (laughs) Hmm. i i grew up like this so for if you can't see me i'm holding up my pinky um (laughs) i i was always very small and i i grew up playing softball And I grew up playing with women who were older than me. Um, So, like, I would be 12 playing with, like, Mm 18-year-olds. And I just, I always felt small. And I wanted to get stronger. And that was my initial goal with going to the gym. And the second that I got in there and started to weigh myself and started to see that my body was changing, the body dysmorphia kind of crept in I don't like to say that I like have body dysmorphia because Mm -hmm. that is a a literal um I don't know what word I want to use here diagnosis yes Mm -hmm. it's a it's it's a diagnosis it's not that that's something that actually bothers me that I used to do I used to always say like oh my gosh my body dysmorphia is so bad I'm like Mm -hmm. there you had a bad body image day yeah you know and so when I used to be in the gym and my goal was to get really strong I was totally put off by the fact that like I was going over being 120 pounds Mm -hmm. and it is actually insane to see myself now and to be like I thought if I ever weighed the amount that I weighed right now that I would be miserable and unhappy and like Mm -hmm. just so different than how how it actually turned out you know yeah 
So would you say like you were kind of set on looking a certain way when you first started and now you're kind of like not set on the way you look but more so yeah. like how you feel? 100%. I was weighing yourself like part of like your daily thing with the gym and everything? It was, I mean, it was like, it was obsessive. Mm -hmm. It was weighing myself before and after a meal, like Mm -hmm. several times a day. Now I I do weigh myself like pretty frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, I work with a coach and I am in a deficit. So like that is a marker that we're using for progress, but it's not something that I'm looking at now and going, wow, oh my gosh, we're up a 10th of a pound from yesterday or yay, I'm down one pound from, Mm -hmm. from, you know, two days ago. It's just, okay, this is the number. It's just a data point. And so it's not, it does not have that like full effect over my life. Like it used to, I mean, it dictated everything I did. Yeah. Would you say that you struggled like borderline with like an eating disorder in any type? It's really interesting that you bring that up because I've gone back and forth. Like when I share, whether on social media or I talk to clients or I'm just talking with friends, like I, I think if anything, if I can relate to anything, it was orthorexia and mm-hmm. binge eating was... What is orthorexia for people so who don't know orth- That's also a good question. So orthorexia is like the obsession with eating very clean and training. Like you are just obsessed with being healthy. And there was a point, a very short period of time where like I was doing... Two-a-days, I was pulling macro wrappers out of my garbage can to make sure that I tracked every single gram. I was weighing spinach and lettuce and, like, things that you don't need to weigh. And, you know, it was just, if it wasn't a healthy alternative, I didn't want it. I would cut, like, bagels out of my diet. I wasn't eating pasta unless it was strictly whole grain. Like, just little things like that that were actually really big things. Yeah. Um... And I remember this one time we were on vacation. We were visiting my grandma who lived down in North Carolina. We only saw her like a couple, not even a couple. We only saw her once a year. And I sobbed because I found out that we would not be able to go to the gym for a whole five days. And I I mean, at that point I was going twice a day and I was there for like three-ish hours both times that I went. So like a total of six hours a day. So I was never diagnosed with it, but Mm -hmm. you know, you can... You don't but have two to be and two together. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. even like your whole point as far as the body dysmorphia stuff too, like I get that because I, I go back and forth too sometimes when I hear people say like I have anxiety and whatever else. There's a difference between saying I feel anxious and saying I have anxiety. And like again, these days I feel like you can't say anything the right way. Yeah. But I get you wanted to be cautious with it. I feel like it's totally accurate to say I have bad body days or I feel like I, ha- I struggle with body dysmorphia. Yeah. Like you can struggle, like you can struggle with it things, and not be yeah. diagnosed with Yeah. It. Yes. And same thing with eating disorders. Like you don't necessarily, again, 90 probably percent of people don't actually go somewhere to speak about the fact mm-hmm. that they have a struggle with food yeah. and actually can get diagnosed with an eating disorder. Yeah. Like majority of people do because yeah. food is something you need to survive mm-hmm. and not everybody has a great relationship with it. And you basically not having a great relationship with it is in some way an eating disorder. So you don't need to go and get diagnosed and whatever. No, you're and right. I didn't think about it that yeah. way. Yeah. And I mean, no one's going to sit here and say like, you didn't, you didn't struggle with binge eating as yeah. I was sitting there creeping down my stairs, mm-hmm. eating like random things because I had been thinking about them all day and delaying my hunger and not eating. Like yeah. that, that is what binge eating is. Yeah. I wasn't diagnosed, but I know that I did it, yeah. you know? So it's... And being able to identify it for yourself is I think the biggest piece of it all. I don't think... It, I don't think it's something that you need to be, like, concerned about until you go to a therapist or something and they actually tell you, yes, you have this. If yeah. you realize with yourself that you can look back and say, like, or in wow. the moment you're like, why the fuck am I weighing spinach? Like, yeah. Or, like, what, like that kind of stuff, too. Like, you're realizing, like, I don't need to be doing this. There's a reason why I feel this way. And there's an underlying thing. Like, you realizing it for yourself, I think, is bigger than somebody else telling you. That's also a good point. Because you can also go and they can tell you and you could be like, no, I don't. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I was very fortunate to have been able to pull myself out of that. Mm-hmm. Like I've when I've spoken with women about it, they're like, How did you how did you overcome it? I'm like, I I I luckily recognized the behavior and was like, Holy shit, why am I doing this? Exactly what you just said. I was like, this is not healthy. And I, I literally just, it, it took everything in me to stop doing it. But again, it's kind of like I said, I didn't have that like on off switch moment. I, I didn't have that moment where I was like, I'm healed. I just little steps every single day yeah. is what got me and they to where I'm at now. And they do. Since 
since you were somebody who was so adamant with like the gym and it is a big part of your life, how do you deal with days that you either don't feel like going or you like actually can't go now? I feel like it's very rare that I have days like that. Um, when I do have a day where I can't get there, I think just given the fact that it's so rare, I'm like, okay, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like I working from home again, I, I'm very fortunate to be able to go at any time of day, any day of the week. So if I can't go for whatever reason, I'm like, I'll just go tomorrow. Uh, but in the past, it wasn't like that. You know, it was, it was literally derailing my entire life if I had to take rest day. Now I love them. I live for rest days. Yeah. Yeah. I live for rest days. Do you like have days where you're just kind of like, I don't feel up to it or like, I don't feel good enough to go? Those. Yeah. And I think they, they're usually around my cycle, like around right when I'm going to get my period. I just find myself being like, Oh, my joints. You do post a lot about that kind of stuff too, which I like to say. I just came off birth control last year. So I have been, I just came off birth control like four weeks ago. No way. Oh my gosh. How's that going for you? It's like, Part of, that, well, part of that, well, part of that, so actually, shouldn't bring me now. Um, but like, that's it's. I ask that because I know that you're very like vocal and very transparent about it with your stories, and it's kind of one of those things that going back to the reason why I like the way that you share things is because the fact that I'm going through s- stuff with I never really understood the whole there's different parts of your phases where you should be doing certain exercises or that, like, mm-hmm. you know. I feel like some people are like, oh, you have your period as an excuse as to why you don't have the energy and, like, whatever mm-hmm. else. And, like, I luckily have a partner that, like, understands how bad mine have been for me before going off birth. And I'm trying to get yeah. a surgery, so I have to be off of it. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I've been trying to adjust to. And, like, when I have days where I don't feel like going, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, like, I feel like I have to go, but I'm really not up to it right now because of how bad it is for me right now. And, like, yeah. it's one of those things where, like, is that enough of an excuse? Is it not? And that's why I struggle with it. Mm-hmm. It's a whole, like, we can talk later about my whole thing, but <laughs> it's it's something that, like, I struggle with because I don't know, I want to not push myself when it's not good for me to push myself. I think it's good to get myself to do things when I feel like I can't because it shows me that I can. Yeah. But there's like also the a point that I get to that, like, if I physically don't feel like I can or I feel like it's going to take too much out of me, especially around the time, like, I'm going to get my period and stuff like that, that's when I don't know how to handle it. Like, that's why I love that you're so, like, transparent with all of that. I usually take the first two days of my period off. Mm-hmm. This period was the first time that I made it on both days, and I didn't need to, like, drag myself there. Mm-hmm. And I don't, know. I don't like, advocate for pushing yourself through that to the point, like, if you have really bad PMS symptoms, you know, first of all, it's not normal it's very common but it's not normal to be at the point where like we can't function yep. on our period Which I'm just learning now. <laughs> so many of us are including mm-hmm. myself and it is a work in progress and it is something that like you will just get to know your body so well and I think that's the coolest part of coming off birth control mm-hmm. I am you know for anyone out there who's still on it is more than okay to be mm-hmm. on it but it's really really cool to just understand like how how I feel in my luteal phase versus yeah. my menstrual and phase like versus my follicular. Yeah. Like, I don't really change my training, but I do give myself more rest during my period week. I'm like, sister is working hard. Yeah. Like, she needs a break. We need a little bit more sleep. You know, <laughs> I might push my session later in the day, like take a nap and say like, okay, if I wake up from this nap and I feel good, I'm going to go. But I, I do feel like it just takes time repeating to yourself like words of affirmations and just saying like, I am deserving of rest. It is okay if I don't push my body to the point of exhaustion today. Yeah. She's already exhausted, mm-hmm. you know. Does that still apply for like days where you're just having like bad body image days or just like not having a good like mental day? I push myself to go on those mm-hmm. days because I know that when I leave, I'm going to feel so proud of myself for making it through. And I just tie it all back to like your body and how you look should not dictate or have control over what you do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to look back and be like, oh my gosh, I missed out on so many workouts that could have been empowering for me and I could have gotten stronger and I could have done something like nice for my body mm-hmm. because I had a rough body image day. I, I try to spin it and say like, okay, we're having a tough day. Let's go do something nice for our body by moving it, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that gets me there and there are plenty of times that I get there still and I'm like, this is the last place I want to be. Yeah. I, I don't want to be here. I am having a rough day. It's usually a sweatshirt and a sweatpants mm-hmm. day. And I just do what I can. And and I do feel better after. I, usually my body image is like significantly improved when I get home. And I'm like, what was I even 
what was I even like worried about? Yeah. You know? How often do you like look at other people on Instagram, like in the fitness community and like similar communities, like what you are in and see stuff that you're like, wow, I want to try that and I want to work on it. And then on the flip side, also see stuff and you're like, I'm absolutely never going to do that. Wow. I, I don't think I ever thought about this before. Um, I feel like it's not very often for the first part of your question. Mm. I don't feel like I'm looking. I think something that something that I do love about myself and just my brain is that I don't do a lot of comparing anymore Mm -hmm. to bodies, to routines, to the food that other people eat. Mm -hmm. I like to use it as inspo. And like there have been times um, this one girl would post that she does like ice baths outside every morning. Mm-hmm. And I liked, I think I pay attention because I like to follow along. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this is so cool that they're doing this. Like, I want to follow along on their journey. But it's very rare that I'm like, oh, I'm going to start doing that. Mm-hmm. I think the waking up early was something that I came to the conclusion on my own just from having been a teacher who woke up at 6 a.m. every day. I was like, I, I know my most of my day was taken up by work. Mm-hmm. Most of my day now is taken up by work. But it's very different when you're working at home and you don't have to start work at 8 o'clock. You could start at 9. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I just, I think that's one of those things that like I just on my own was like, this is going to buy back some time for mm-hmm. me. And especially with ADHD, which I know we'll get into. It is imperative that I am up by like 8 a.m. and mm-hmm. actually getting my day started. Um, I feel like I just got so sidetracked from your original (laughs) question. My whole thing is like, again, like going back to how I say to you, like, I like the way that you put stuff out there because you show the real, you know, you show that Mm -hmm. you have a life. Like you're not just like constantly posing for the camera. My biggest things that I share all the time from your posts are like your pose versus unposed things. Like I, that's, those are the things that like I look at and I'm just like, I needed that today. Yeah. Because I have so many moments where I wake up and I'm like, damn, I look, I feel good. I look good. Yeah. And then I get to the gym and I'm like, what the fuck? Was this the same girl that was just in the mirror? Like, but it's what happens when you start moving your body. And again, you get out of yeah. bed and you're complete, you know, yeah. the water weight and everything that isn't there. Like it's, I, and I, it's something that you made me realize that how much I don't see that all over my pages. Yeah. Like, so my question for you is like, how often do you kind of see stuff that people in the fitness industry post and you're kind of like, listen, like, that's not good for people to see or I'm going to definitely make sure I don't post like that or, yeah. (laughs) A lot of, probably most of the time. So now that you're phrasing it like that, yeah, I mean, there's so often times that clients will send us videos and be like, hey, is this, can we just fact check this? Like, should I be taking greens? This person said it's going to help with my bloating. And we're like, sis, no, let us educate (laughs) you. And I think a lot there there is a shift in mm. social media now with um, women who are posting more of their unposed and natural bodies, but I think it's either one way or the other. People are either showing only their best angles, or people are saying you shouldn't want to change mm. how you look. And I'm somewhere in the middle. I am I am all for if this is. If it's not your cup of tea to share your own post body, that's very hard for a lot of people. Mm. It is hard as hell for me to do that. And there are a lot of times that I almost talk myself out of it. But I know I need it some days. I know my younger self needed it. I know that there are people out there who need it and see it and are like, holy shit, this just made me feel so much better. Mm. And like that, that's what I want from that. I want people to look at it and say, this person that I'm looking at, that I see her post body all the time, she doesn't look like that all the time. And... Um, You know, like I said, if that's not your cup of tea, that's okay. But I also don't think that you, you have to live in a body that you are not happy with. I think that you can accept it, but you can also work on changing it. How did you kind of get to the point that you were like, okay, I think sharing both sides is beneficial for me, but also for other people, like getting that comfort? I think, I think like going through a very significant amount of weight gain mm-hmm. like I think at before I went through my bulk I I could preach and I could talk about it but I had never like lived that I had never actually lived the advice well that's not true I did live it but I lived it in a very different body than I live it in it now and I would always talk about how your body changing you know isn't the end of the world and I, I would I would preach and I would talk about all that stuff and then I went through a 30 pound weight gain journey, whatever you want to call it. And I quite literally had to repeat that to myself every single day. 
and be like, there's nothing wrong with you because you gained 30 pounds. You didn't F up your bulk because you gained 30 pounds. And so I think now I'm at a point where I'm like, it was very easy. It was very easy to share my unposed body when I was 30 pounds lighter and my unposed body didn't really look much different than Mm -hmm. my posed body. And now being again, 30 pounds heavier, it's, it's, it was very hard at first. Yeah. And I felt like I shouldn't be doing that because, you know, people out there will say, well, you're glorifying weight gain and that's unhealthy. And all I'm doing is showing a normal body and mm-hmm. showing people that like it is okay to intentionally gain weight, whether you need to or want to, Yeah. you know? How has your like relationship with gaining a following and all that kind of stuff like with social media, how has that changed your like feelings towards social media and like the benefits and also like the downsides. I feel like when I started to grow on social media, I was very much consumed by like the numbers, Mm -hmm. constantly checking like how many followers I had now and how many likes a post got. I mean, I used to delete stuff all the time if it didn't get a specific number Mm -hmm. of likes. And it was just about that for me. And now social media is help. It's providing, it's educating, it's inspiring. It is what can I put out there to help somebody today? Mm -hmm. Or what can I put out there just to to share more of me? Like I want people to come to my page and not just see someone posting their body. Again, if that is your thing, like that is okay. But I I feel like the fitness industry Mm -hmm. is just, and that's what I used to be. My page used to just be selfies. And there, I've... Somewhere over the last like six months, I've transitioned and I've started to find like just find myself growing apart from that and and enjoying posting selfies and like loving where I'm at right now. But just feeling like that's not it's not something I find value in anymore. I don't look at selfies and go, "Ooh, let me look at this person and read their caption and like go surf on their page, which that's what I used to do. That was all I used to do was compare and look and, Mm -hmm. and critique and like see what they were doing that I could do as well. And now I'm like, I'm, I'm finding myself gravitating towards more educational pages. So I feel like that's shifting me towards doing that as well. But I think just, you know, the positives of social media are you connect with so many incredible people. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know you if not for social media. Um, and all of our clients come to us from social media and we get to help so many women because Mm -hmm. of it. And we get to share so much on there. The downsides are just the people who come in and who know nothing about you. And their only goal is to make you feel some type of way. And it has worked so many times on me. I am a sensitive girl. Um, but I do feel like even with that, I've 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 grown out of caring about that too. Mm. I'm very secure in who I am and I'm like nothing that you say, stranger on the internet, is going to shift yeah. my perspective of myself. How do you deal with like when you do get negative because I can I picture it as like, okay, I feel good about myself, I post this picture and then I have like people that like respond and they just make me feel like shit after I'm like, Wow, I feel good about that. Like, how do you deal with that and also being able to then continue posting after that like has it ever been to the extreme that you're just kind of like all right fuck I'm not going to even like post anymore like what yeah I mean when I when I started to gain weight and the the hundreds of comments that came in and said that's not a bulk you just got fat Mm -hmm. it I mean the amount of times I could like get emotional right now talking about it the amount of times that like I would sit there and cry to my boyfriend or the coaches on our team and just and feel like especially being someone in the fitness space who is helping others change their bodies like it was really hard to then be told like that's not how a fitness professional should look Mm -hmm. you know and so I think something that I've told myself many 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 times um is just that people are when they're making comments about you, it's so much more about what's going on with them than it is about you. Mm-hmm. So if they're making comments about my body, that is their problem. And I do not need to change the way I look because several hundreds, thousands of people on the internet don't like the way that I look. Yeah. You know, and I think, I do think it was really hard to get past that point. And like everything else I've said, I, I don't think there was ever that like, light bulb moment where I was like yeah we're good now I think it's just it's it is a constant work in progress when I do get comments I usually delete them 
because before I would make it a point, I'm like someone who needs to get the last word in and I would comment back and I would defend myself. And Mm -hmm. I was like, there's nothing to defend. I don't need to defend the fact that I gained weight and the fact that I set out to gain weight. And I, you never need to defend the way that your Mm -hmm. body looks. Do you feel like there's a lot of pressure on you to like always be posting that like things are good and that you feel good and only when you look good? Like, do you feel like because of the following that you have that people will not feel the same way about you if you also show that you have bad days with it all too? No, I love sharing bad days. And like, I mean, in the moment it's really hard, but I actually, I find people resonate more when I'm like, man... I'm having a day and I just, I don't share as much as I used to, mainly because it used to be an outlet for me and now I have other ways of coping with those emotions. Like I will take myself on a walk, I'll journal, I'll talk to a loved one and I feel like I no longer feel the need to share it on social media. But I do like to share it because I know that there's someone out there who's going through it as well. And I know that the people I looked up to, when they would share stuff like that, I was like, wow. It's not just me, which we know it's not just us. But when you're going through it, it never feels like that. Yeah, it I'm a very like big, like, I, everything that I that I do and everything that I share on my episodes, I always kind of end it with the fact that, like, I want you guys to know that you're not alone. Because I went through a lot of stuff in my life that I feel like I did sit there and be like, why me? And then, you know, I wish that there were people like me and like you and some of the other people that I follow that made me be able to get on social media when I was in such a negative place Mm -hmm. and be able to see, okay, wow, like it really isn't just me. So like I admire that about you because I think it's super beneficial and I think that you don't realize the same way people ask me like, why do you do it? Mm -hmm. It helps me to feel like I can share and at the same time, I know it helps other people, which makes me feel good about being able to share. And it's not for everybody. But it seems to be for us, and I think that the way that you go about it is super beneficial, and I like that you can you can show that, because I think it, it ultimately, like, I can't say how many times, like, I've looked at your stuff, and I've just been like, wow, like, I just, I just needed that, or, like, the fact that, like, I feel like I know you, like, you coming here, mm-hmm. like, I feel like I already know you, because you just share so much stuff besides just <laughs> being a, being a gym girl, that I'm like, okay, I know this kind of stuff about you, you knew already. my cat's name, yeah, like, you know I mixed them up, but I knew their names, <laughs> that's okay, you knew the coloring, you knew who they were, it's the thought that counts, yeah, and I just love the whole transparency factor, Thank um, you. you, you came on, I don't know, probably at least a couple months ago now, and you shared the fact that you were starting medication for ADHD. Oof. How did you go about kind of coming to that realization that you either had it or like how we spoke about like the diagnosis? How did you kind of come about finding out about that? So I want to start by saying I'm actually not on it anymore. Okay. And that was a journey that I started sharing and I stopped very quickly because there were a lot of opinions. Okay. And I stopped not because I couldn't handle the opinions, but because I didn't want them, like it was my body and my brain and what I was going through. And I just, I didn't really want to hear it. I I wasn't in the market for other people's opinions at that point. Um, So after I had, not around then, actually, I would say probably when I started to coach and teach at the same time. And I would come home and I was just experiencing, like I, I would forget a lot of things. I would I've always struggled with my level of focus and attentiveness and like I lose track. It is a shock that I am following along with what you are even saying to me because genuinely I will be in a conversation with people and I'll be like, what did you just say? Because I just totally zoned out. Like, so I think it's been a whole, my whole life kind of thing. And I just never really knew that there, that it was ADHD. I viewed ADHD as like you're bouncing off the walls, just the like hyperactivity piece yeah I didn't really think of the inattentiveness and the just level of focus also a symptom that I had no idea was like related to ADHD was constantly being late and like like losing time I think they call it time blindness and I mean forever forever the the standing joke was that I would be late to my own funeral and I'm like I I try really hard to be on time to things and I never am. I always lose track of time. And so, you know, I had talked to my therapist about it for probably about a year before she finally was like, yeah, I don't think we need to keep saying that we think you have ADHD. Like, like it's very clear that you do. And, um, I mean, it is still an ongoing like daily battle again with working from home. I, I thought when I left 
teaching. I thought I would then work from home and it would get a lot easier. I wouldn't have as many things to balance. And it is actually about 10 times worse because I now have to structure things for myself. And now if there was ever a shadow of a doubt that I had ADHD, like that is gone because <laughs> just from working at home. Um, so I was on Adderall for probably like two months and I had to come off of it. I don't even remember why. Oh, the prescription like wasn't filled. And she's in New Jersey. I'm in Pennsylvania. I was like, I'm not driving an hour to get it filled. Um, when I did get it filled, they accidentally ripped the script so they wouldn't fill it. So I was accidentally off of it for about a week and a half. And at that point, I was like, wow, I feel like a functioning human again because I'm actually eating. I didn't mention this up until this point, but Adderall like completely completely stunted my appetite. I remember you posted about it, yeah. I could barely, I mean, I wasn't eating until probably five or six o'clock at night. Like I literally could not get food in my system and I would try, I would make a meal and I would take three bites and I would go and get sick because it was just, I, I could not stomach food. And that then creates a vicious cycle because mm -hmm. you're not eating and then you're, you end up getting really nauseous from not eating. Then you're nauseous when you're eating food. You go to the gym. Like, yeah. I'm like, I can't, I like actually cannot live my life like this. Yeah. I was struggling. It was great. Like in terms of my level of focus, I was getting shit done early in the day. But what good is being able to focus a little bit better if it's then completely erased by the fact that you no longer can focus because you have no food in your system. Yeah. And that was a lot more important to me than being able to get my work done earlier. So So why did you um not then go back on the medication after I feel like just the fact that I felt so good being off of it. Like the initial being on it initially, I was like just so overwhelmed with wow, this is how nor like normal people go about their day-to-day -day life. They get work done like this. And I was so motivated and excited by it. And then, and I really, I don't feel like it really crept in. The appetite thing really didn't creep in until like week two or three. And I just kept saying, okay, as long as it gets better, I'll stay on this. And it just, it never did. Mm -hmm. And I just went months with like needing to force feed myself at that point. Cause I'm like, it's not healthy that I'm eating at 6 yeah. PM. Like I'm not going to continue doing this. And after being off for that week, when I first realized I wasn't going to be able to be on, I actually started crying and I was very upset and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna be able to function. And I am someone who believes in the power of I am and like what you attach to that. And I'm like, well, I'm sitting here feeding myself the belief that I am not going to be able to function off Adderall. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. I just functioned 25 years without it I can certainly continue functioning now and I can do an even better job of it and that's what I did I was like I'm just gonna commit to like really trying to manage these symptoms with ways that I might have given a shot but never really stuck to because I just kept telling myself oh it well I just have ADHD there's yeah. nothing I can do about it I have to get on medication and now we're in a place where I'm like, okay, it's still really hard. <laughs> it's still really hard to, to manage and deal with. But I would so much rather be off of this medication and be able to eat and like feel like a normal human, yeah. you know? How did that process go when, like you saying that you kind of always knew that you had it, but never really were officially told that you did, when your therapist basically was like, okay, listen, like you do have this. How did that make you feel? It didn't really change much. Yeah, I feel like I just, it was confirmation of, things we already knew it was just hey let's stop pretending like you might have it and just accept the fact that you do and that there are things that we can do for it and we spent a lot of time just working on behavioral types of modification so like instead of me i mean the thing we always used to talk about was my desk is in my bedroom in our bedroom and i was like i just can never focus because i am always looking out the window and she'd be like okay, so let's just turn your desk so that you're not facing out the window. And I was like, wow, what a great idea. <laughs> Tried that and it worked much better, you know? So like little things like that, we've really just um, played to my strengths and like things that I know are working for me. So like working with headphones on, mm -hmm. telling my boyfriend that I will be working and then I do not want to be disrupted to be shown videos of cats. <laughs> like, I, which he still does, he still does it, but like he tries really hard not to. Um making sure that I schedule time in my day for things and instead of just winging it and like flying by the seat of my pants. Mm -hmm. I think for me, something we realized too that greatly impacts 
my ability to focus was having transitional periods in my day. So like when you're working with five to eight year olds, they're, they're built in. You have transitional periods. You have literal transitions going from one activity to the next, but also when they're at lunch, you have downtime. When you're driving to work, you have downtime. When I get up in the morning, I'm getting up and going from my bed to my desk. Mm -hmm. And that was me for months. And I would wonder like, why am I so resistant to starting work in the morning? Why can I not start until nine if I'm sitting there at eight or at um, seven o'clock in the morning? Like, why does it take me so long to get started? And she's like, well, you don't have any time for yourself to like, you know, get settled into your day. So my morning routine is like huge. And I'm definitely a very like routine person. If I'm off my routine, my day is usually a little bit off. I throw myself off. Yeah, I feel like ever since I started trying to be better about, like, getting up, even if I don't necessarily get up just to go to, like, just to go to the gym and that be it, it's been more of, like, I go downstairs and, like, I make coffee. Mm -hmm. I sit on the couch. Yeah, I might, like, sit and scroll on my phone, the same shit I would do in my bed, but, like... But you're up. Yeah, and, like, I'm not spending the money on Starbucks after I leave the gym and stuff like that, and I'm just, like, it, it does make a difference. It does. And the routine, the whole routine piece, it's big for people that do struggle with ADHD, but it's good for just anybody, I think. Yeah. Especially if you struggle with stuff like anxiety and depression and all that kind of stuff. It's knowing what is next Mm -hmm. is a really big, like, stress reliever without you even really noticing Mm -hmm. it. I think that's what a a big piece of it is for me. Like, any day that is off for me that I notice, like, wow, mentally I'm not here, I didn't do my morning routine. Yeah. Whether that just means I didn't ha- make my matcha or I didn't do ice. Like, it's like simple things that make me so happy. I didn't do my ice roller. I didn't read for 10 minutes. Like, I didn't get to snuggle with the cats. I just, I got up. It was late and I had to get moving. I'm like, oh my gosh, clients see me. I need to go and talk to them. I, yeah. I want to go and talk to them, you know? And instead of taking that time for myself to be like, we're going to ease into our day. We're going to just take 30 minutes for you and then we're going to get into it. Yeah. You know? What kind of um, responses did you get when you shared about starting the medication that kind of made you want to completely just stop sharing about it? I feel like people were just like, have you tried behavioral therapy? Like, have you talked to a therapist about it? I, I had the worst experience on Adderall and I'm like, okay, your experience is going to be very different than mine. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't anything that was bad in terms of like people being rude or anything. It just was... It, they were they were just sharing a lot of their own opinions and I was like I want to experience it for myself and I'm glad I did yeah because the whole time if I didn't I would be sitting here like I wonder if Adderall would actually help me and I had just told myself for a long time that I didn't want to go on medication and I never really had a reason why other than I wanted to try it by myself and I was yeah. like okay we've been trying it we've been trying to do the work and now I'm at a point not now but at this time, I was thinking, now I'm at a point where I'm struggling to be able to do the work because I can't focus, which is then creating a lot of anxiety and it's just this vicious cycle. And I'm glad I tried it because now I know, and maybe another medication would have worked better. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of ADHD anxiety medications. I do feel like they go very hand in hand. Yeah. Um, two opposite sides of the spectrum, but like very much interconnected. And I don't know. I, I feel like that was what I needed to see that sure it's possible for me to be more focused but I also am the person who is creating that narrative and like writing that story for myself without actually putting in the work to see it improve now that you know that you tried a medication and how you felt about it would you consider trying another one in the future I would as long as as long as I don't lose my appetite and I well I can't just say that because there's plenty of other symptoms that or side effects that mm-hmm. could arise. I'm not against trying another one is is really what I what I'm getting at. Yeah. I'm not against it. I think I just needed a break and just in the last year my body has been through so much. I mean, coming off birth control, having a huge career change, then moving, not only just moving but moving in with someone else mm-hmm. and just having so much of a transition period, then throwing on top of that, like I had mentioned, a a significant amount of weight that I gained going through a cut. My stress was here. And then adding a medication to that. So I'm at the point where I'm like, I need to give my body a break. Like Mm -hmm. I just needed to give it a break for a few months. Um, I feel like if... I knew I was putting in the work and I knew that I was doing every single possible thing that I could and I still needed the help and support from a medication, I would. 
yeah. go down that route again and try something else out. Definitely not Adderall, though. <laughs> How was, like, the reactions to, like, when... Because I'm assuming, like, you talked to your parents about mm-hmm. it and, like, uh, your boyfriend and everything. Um, did you get any type of reactions, like, when you said to people, like, I'm going to be taking Adderall, that they were kind of like, oh, really? Like I, No, and I was really surprised. Yeah. I was really surprised because both of my parents are very straight edge, and I felt like they were going to be like, why would you go on that? Like you're already going to therapy, this should be helping you, but they both were like, okay, yeah, try it, and like, see how you like it. And I was very upfront with my boyfriend, and I said, I do not know how this is going to affect or change me. And we live together, so I was like, I I don't know if I'm going to be extra moody, I don't know if it's going to even impact me at all in that sense. I was like, I have no idea. And it really didn't. I think I just, I, I was a lot more like wired so I wouldn't get as much sleep mm-hmm. and so then I was tired the next day I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they literally call it like wired and tired mm-hmm. or something like that and I was like yeah that was me um but no they were all really supportive of it and yeah. it's great having people like that in yeah. your life I'm very thankful that that's how they responded but I don't know if they would feel that way if I tried another medication Okay, like, I wonder if they would be like, what if the same thing happens as last time when yeah. you're just, like, miserable? Yeah. Okay, what if? Well, you won't know unless you try. Yeah, did you get any type of, like, why don't you try it longer? Why don't you, like, any kind of pushback when you decide that you don't want to take it anymore? No, I actually got no response from my doctor. Um, they, they, it was, it was very, it was very much like I, I tried to refill it. And I did, and it's still sitting at my house. And I just woke up one day and I said, I'm not taking this anymore. Yeah. And that was it. And they never contacted me to see if I needed a refill. I t- told my therapist. My therapist was like, I think that's a great decision that you made for yourself, mm-hmm. that you're recognizing that, like, this isn't working for you. And, you know, we'll start implementing some other things. And, you know, it's it's a work in progress for sure. How did you kind of have those conversations with like your partner around like your mental health and then going into stuff with that you're going to now and go to therapy and yeah. all that kind of stuff? I, I mean, I have been with exes and, you know, situationships where they were not interested at all in the fact that I was going to therapy. But luckily my boyfriend, again, he's super supportive and I, I was very nervous initially to tell him. Like I would go every Wednesday night and when he would ask me, well, you know, the beginning stages where you see each other like once a week and then it's like two or three times and then eventually we were hanging out every day and I was like, okay, I got to tell him that like this is what I do on Wednesday nights. And I was, I was like, I don't know like how to say this. And I, that is how I approach every hard conversation. I just hit him with a, I don't know how to say this. So I'm just going to say it. And I was like, I go to therapy for primarily anxiety, ADHD symptoms. I struggled with depression in the past. And I was like, it does occasionally come up. I, I have seasonal depression. Mm-hmm. And if, if anything, that's like really the, the extent that it is now, Um, but I just, I just opened up about it and I said, I hope that we can like have open and honest conversations about it. I am someone who really likes to talk about my mental health and I find a lot of comfort in it and I hope that that is okay with you. And immediately was just like 100%, you know, you can talk to me about this. And I think it's less about how do I approach this with my partner and more about, you know, if your partner is not somebody that is willing to speak about your mental health, I think you need to start asking some questions. Because at least for me, that is an enormous red flag. And I would run for the hills if that person... I mean, that person is someone who maybe you're going to marry someday or be with a really long time. Mm -hmm. And they say when you get married, in sickness and in health. And your mental health is part of your health. You know, so if... If that person is not willing to like be there in the trenches with you and ride those really high highs and talk about it and be open about it, then they may not be the person for you. Yeah. How long have you guys been living together for? We've been living together since June. Okay. So oh, like nine months. Yeah. We moved in very quickly. We, yeah. Dylan and I have we been... We guys knew each other before too. We so, did. Yeah. We knew each other before. We were really good friends for a long time. A long time, like a couple of years. Um, and everything just was very natural and we moved like pretty quickly. But 
neither of us batted an eye. We, yeah. we were, it, I think we were only dating for two months when we brought up the idea of moving in together. I mean, I was driving there almost every night of the you week. You guys were far hour, too, we were right? An hour yeah. away. We saw each other every See, single day. <laughs> you, you do follow my life and I love it. It's so cool. She's not scared yet. Thank no, you. I'm not. I think it's so cool. I'm like flattered. It's so awesome. Um, he and I were, I also just love talking about Dylan. So Dylan, if you're listening and you're at this point, you better listen to I this. I love you. Um, he, he and I just clicked. Like, yeah, I knew it from the moment that we like hung out for the first time outside of like any gym setting. Cause we'd hung out a couple times at the gym mm-hmm. and made like videos and whatnot. And the first time we hung out, I was like, wow, I, I'm going to marry this man. Like I am going to be with him for the rest of my life. And mm-hmm. I still stand by that. And, and two months in, we were like, we need to just we got to move in. And so we did it and it is so much fun. I love the way you like talk about it too. (laughs) I just love him. How do you like deal with days like, you know, living with somebody, it has its benefits, but also you kind of lose that whole alone time piece and being able, like, I know I struggle with that a lot too. Like I have my days Mm -hmm. where like I'm having a really bad body image day and like I will go cake my clothes and I'll go dress in the bathroom, even though I... Every other day I'm getting yeah. dressed in front of him. Like, yeah. what's the difference now? And I know he doesn't just like me and is with me because of that. <laughs> I fucking hope so. But, like, how do you deal with the days where you know that you're struggling really, really, really badly um, and trying not to kind of, like, project that on him and then on, on the other turn, communicating with him when you're having that type of a day so that he can understand where you're coming from and that you're not trying to, yeah. like, put it all on him. Because I know a lot of times people fall into, like, going through their mental health struggles with their partner, which I think is yeah. good. But at the same time, it's always going to be your journey. Right. And you're allowing and working always on how you bring other people into that and, you know, work through, like, good days and bad days with that. So how do you kind of, like, attack days that are not so good? I can relate 100% to the (laughs) bringing my clothes in the bathroom when normally I'm just changing right there. Mm -hmm. And he actually will call me out. And he's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm just... I'm having a day. Yeah. I don't know. And he's like... and, And he is very much someone who grounds me and is like you know, working through it with me. But again, I'm just, I'm someone who I'm just going to say it how it is. And I'm like, Hey, I'm having a day. And like, usually I will just sit down next to him and I'll just like grab his hands or something. I'm like, Hey, I love you. I'm having a really rough day. And I just, I either need whatever it is. I need that moment. I either need extra attention from you and I like need your support today or I'm feeling like I want to be left alone. So if I seem a little bit quiet, we are all good. Mm-hmm. You didn't do anything. Um, because men need the reassurance too, ladies. Everyone yeah. needs reassurance. Yeah. And I just try to make it a point to like really reassure and reiterate to him that like he is not the problem and it is something going on with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's really good about giving me space when I need it and giving me support when that is what I need. Yeah. So I think it's just... It's just about how you how you open up that conversation and like the the relationship that that you have with that person. There was one video that I made, um, which I'm sure you saw. I I got stuck no. in the in the <laughs> I got stuck in the hip thrust machine. I know exactly what you're gonna say. And it blew up, and immediately the comments were like, "Wow, you're an idiot. Why yeah. don't you just take?" And I actually like I got upset about that. Mm-hmm. I was like telling pages to take it down. I was having people follow me and like really come after me because I got oh, stuck. Oh, other pages and shared it, it? Yeah. Oh, so many. Oh, I There's didn't so, even... It still circulates. And that was like November. So it's kind of insane. And and he just did a really good job of reminding me that like these are random people on the internet. Like I said before, I do feel much better with like how I handle negative comments. But it's still a work in progress. So it's nice that like he's very transparent and he's also just very willing to... to help me through some of the shit that I really struggled to help myself through. Yeah. Um, he just, he does, he quite, quite frankly, he does not give a fuck. He's like, if these people send this to me. In the nicest way possible. In the nicest way possible. He does not give a fuck. And he is teaching me to be more like that. Yeah. It's really helpful. Well, I feel like that's something that like you kind of have to learn to have when you're going to, you know, put yourself out there. And it's something that, that like I've kind of had to learn like the hard way. And again, like, I'm sensitive when it comes to certain things, but I'm also, like, I can also kind of flip it like that and be like, I don't give two shits. Yeah. But 
I sit here and I talk about like the rawest things that I can possibly think about. And then I have people that are commenting like, ew, or why would you do that? And it's kind of like, it makes me want to like, kind of like revert back into my show. But at the same time, I'm like, this is me. And if you don't like it, I don't give two shits. Right. If like, you don't like it, you don't have to listen. Yeah. You what's don't that, like, what's that old lady? This is my outfit for today. And oh yeah. Like, if you, you don't like it, bye. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. That's how I feel every day. I you're not gonna be everyone's cup of tea. <laughs> no. And you're not. and trying to please everybody only leaves you nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Like you're never a part you're never at the forefront when you're trying to please everybody else because it's mm-hmm. all stemming from what do they want? What is this person like? What does this brand want from me? And yep. th- th- you get lost. I always think of it as like you can never piece yourself together the way people want because everybody's looking for a different piece. Yeah. That wow, I love that. That's like it's something that I kind of had to, I went through that with, you know, friendships. I went through that with just the way, you know, being a, a kid of three and that I'm not the same as my siblings. Yeah. I've been through, and it's something that, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. And that's why, like, I wanted to get into the topic of you and Dylan because I feel like you are so transparent about your relationship in the sense that you two are both vulnerable in a sense mm-hmm. with the way that you put things out there. Yeah. And you also are okay with both showing the fact that you have good days and you have bad days because you can have the biggest following in the world, but people are really going to resonate with you the same way I resonate with you Mm -hmm. because you share the both ends of that. And I can see the way that, you know, Dylan shares like his, you know, the stuff he gets from the people that he trains to and he gets the same exact thing and there's a reason for it. Yeah. And that's why, like, I feel like there's so many different things out there you can follow as far as fitness stuff goes and how to be the perfect fitness influencer and whatever else. Like, I don't look at you and I think of you as, like, a fitness influencer. I just Let think of you, Let me just tell like... you, you made my day saying that. <laughs> I am so sorry I interrupted you. You just made... You made my year saying that. I hate being called Because I don't think that you influence, like, the whole... Like, to me, fitness influencer has been turned into somebody who lives by and... Mm makes their life based around the gym yeah not as somebody who has their own personality outside of the mm-hmm. gym that the big the gym is just a big part of who they yeah. are why does that insult you when people call you a fitness influencer? i you know what i don't think i've ever actually sat down to think about why it insults me i am first and foremost a a person sharing everything about my life on the internet. I share mental health. I share my cats. I share the gym. I share my boyfriend. I share myself going out and finally enjoying fear foods that I literally would never let myself consume. In the past, would I have considered myself a fitness influencer? Possibly. In my brain, a fitness influencer is someone who shares their body primarily. And and this isn't like this isn't necessarily a negative thing. For me personally, I'm like, I do not want to be classified as that because I don't view myself that way. Um, someone who shares their body and promotes products. That, that is the epitome of a fitness influencer for me. Mm-hmm. They're sharing gym-based content, posting a lot of physique-based content, and they're sharing a lot of brand-based content, whether that's clothing, whether that's supplements. Um, and I think that's a space that like I never want to be dwindled down to just a fitness influencer what would you consider yourself to be a coach like what like your presence on social media just a a coach coach. i would prep i i would i mean well like a lifestyle coach or just like a coach like no whatever way to be coach. i would say i would say if i wanted to be labeled anything it would be a a lifestyle coach that's what i would consider Um, you to be and i love that and i appreciate that (laughs) so much but and like i know that people don't mean any harm when they say, like, you're my favorite fitness influencer. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm like, that is so nice. But at the same time, I'm like, I I do not resonate with being a fitness influencer. And so what do what am I putting out in my content that's that's making people still see me that way? Mm-hmm. And I think truly in the last six months, I struggled with that a lot when I first transitioned to coaching was I was still viewing myself as someone who was promoting products. I mean, I worked with Dark Sport. I was working with um, like brands like TLF and You Can Beam. And I still work with mm-hmm. a clothing company and a, um, a supplement company. But I share them in a much more organic way. And I'm no longer forced yeah. to share. You're not like, here's my affiliate link. It's like, I'm wearing this if you want to like, get it. Yeah, here. Like, <laughs> you can go check it out if you yeah. want to. And like, if you want to go support me, that's amazing. And I love you for that. But like, mm-hmm. if you don't. 
this is not the thing that pays the bill. This is not the thing that I care the yeah. most about. I care the most about helping people and having having other people come to my page and say, wow, I got something out of being here. I feel inspired by being here. Mm-hmm. I feel cared about by being here. Like, that's what I want. And in the past, a lot of what I was sharing was just very surface level stuff. I mean, my captions, don't get me wrong, were like in-depth and I love the, the words that I used to share, but it was words on a very surface level photo of my, of me mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with selfies and there's nothing wrong with posting your body but I just it's not the content that I consume anymore and it's not the content that I want solely to be consumed from my page yeah and at the end of the day it's your page mm-hmm. like yeah going back to our whole like you can't please everybody like at the end of the day yes you might have a following yes people might follow you for a certain reason yep. but your page is always going to be your page mm-hmm. and what you want to put on there and what you want to make of it you are subject to change that at any point. And like you are to not stay can yeah. stay. And if they don't I'll stay. Have, thank you. <laughs> and so many people have actually a lot of people started following me because I posted workouts. Mm-hmm. And I just talked about this the other day, you know, like I do the same stuff now. I've changed a lot. Mm-hmm. The way I view fitness has changed a lot. I no longer just go in the gym and do whatever. Like I am on a very structured program and I'm like I don't want to just share workouts with you because my perspective with that has changed in the sense of like, you know, if you're going on, I don't think there's anything wrong again with like, if you're going on to Instagram or YouTube or TikTok and you're following someone's workout, that's fine. But if you're following that one day and then next week you do an entirely different one and then the week after you're doing a different one and you're wondering like, why am I not getting where I want to be? I just decided I didn't want to be part of the for lack of a better word, like part of the the problem with that, of yeah. like just continuing to only pump out workout content. Mm-hmm. Like that's, there's so much more to fitness and health that now I've seen after doing this yeah. for and to years, you, that like, that and to me, there. that's not just your training, like, yeah. and not just sharing a workout video, you yeah. know? So if you were to, which this is my big question for you, <laughs> which I prepared you mentally for, I think. <laughs> um, I like to, because everything that I put out here, when I was just doing the blog with the clothing that I make with this podcast, I want everybody that listens to this to feel like they are not alone mm-hmm. because I went through a good portion of my life and the things that I've been through and that I've grown through and learned from that I had sat there and I thought it was just me or I didn't think I did have anywhere to really go or I didn't grow up with people that went through that I can relate to. So if you are able to kind of encompass everything that you put out there on your social media and when you talk to other people and you were able to kind of say it to the people that listen to this podcast, what would you say to the people that have struggled with similar things as you, believe in the same things as you, and just that when you put things out there, the types of people that you hope are benefiting from what you put out there, what would you say to them? The heavy hitter, man. I I feel like if there was one phrase or paragraph that I would want there's one thing I would want people to see when they come to my page it's that your body and what you look like are the most or the least the least let me make that very clear the (laughs) least interesting thing about you and it may sound morbid but I think about this a lot I could die tomorrow morning I could not wake up and I'm going to sit here and fixate on the fact that I don't love my stomach or that my quads feel too big, or that I have a little bit of cellulite, and that is how I'm going to spend my time, which is so precious, and like you don't get that back. And I think about all of the time that I wasted, wasted in the gym, trying to hope that I would have a body that I would finally be like accepting of. And The fact of the matter is, if you're not accepting of your body right now, you are not going to be accepting of it five pounds lighter, 10 pounds lighter, 30 pounds heavier. It starts in your brain and it starts with accepting who you are right now, even as you change things about yourself that you may or may not want to change. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we get so caught up in that. We get so fixated on what we look like. And there's just, there's so much more to life than what you look like. And I mean, we have women coming in who want to change their bodies. And like I said, like they leave and they're like, I had no idea I was going to change the person that was inside of me more than I even changed my body. Mm -hmm. And they leave and whether they leave 
20 pounds lighter or 10 pounds heavier like they leave a different person and they feel different and they act differently and like they are who they wanted to be the whole time and it's just that acceptance yeah so i guess to sum all that up it's you have to <laughs> you have to accept yourself where you're at right now and your body is not that important in in the way that we think it's that important your body's very important but not in the sense of what it looks like yeah well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> I literally, so like, I, I just want to say, like, thank you a million times over because it's one of those things where everybody has their own perception of social media and how they use it. Yeah. And I love the way that you've decided to use your platform. I love that your platform and what you've kind of built is a place where, like, I like to go to help myself when I need it or look at it to kind of make me feel better or when I'm in a good mood I want to look at it and that kind of stuff too and it's something that it's because of the person that you are and I love that like I even get to like sit this close to you and eat Chipotle with you and spill (laughs) rice all over the floor with you but it's it's something that like I'm so grateful to be able to have something like this where I can connect with people like you because I think people get so lost in all the negativity in the world Mm -hmm. that they lose the positive pieces that come from things like social media when there's so much negativity. And I just want to thank you for how much positivity you put out there and that even you sharing your negative days still helps other people and there are positives in it. Um, And yeah, just thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Like being here, this was, this was really cool. And like, I will 100% be crying in the corner about it because I just feel, I feel really grateful that I get to do this. And like I, I said to you before too, like, I don't view myself the way that people have said, like, I, I watch all of your stuff and mm-hmm. I, and I see what you do. And like, I, I am inspired by you and I'm like, me, mm-hmm. me, like, I don't view myself like that. And so it's really, really cool yeah. to be given this opportunity to be, to be able to share my voice and to be able to like like meet you and actually put names to faces and like I just think that's really freaking awesome well it just goes to show that you just are who you are like you know how you put yourself on social media I'm and glad I, think that's I super like come important. across that way yeah so yeah. thank you for that yeah I love being here it was super fun <laughs>